Hello everyone and welcome to the Divorce.Diaries and I'm your host Stéphane Jutra. And this week I have another very special guest. Our name is Tracy Poisner, a stepmom of 14 years to three stepkids and she's also the host of the Essential Stepmom podcast, so a fellow podcaster, a podcast which has been heard in 64 countries. So she's been helping stepmoms adapt to parenting and also helping divorced dads uh, relearning to parent in uh, in this new family dynamic. Um, she's also a Canadian based in Kitchener, Ontario, so another fellow Canadian uh, on the show. So welcome, Tracy, and thank you for accepting to come on my show. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure. And I have to say, I, I really, uh, and that's another thing I didn't mention before, but I was on your show a couple of weeks ago and uh, really enjoyed that. And uh, that's why I asked you and wanted to have you on the show to talk a bit about a few little topics I think that will be interesting for uh, for my listeners. Uh, as we discussed before, I think, uh, you know, you've been focusing a bit more on the stepmom and on, on that side. But uh, uh, I think when we start discussing, there's a lot of uh, uh, help and, and tips and things that are definitely more than welcome for dads on, on our side. Uh, divorced dad with kids. So thank you again. I think it will be a pretty uh, interesting and also a lot of uh, learning during this episode. So before we start, maybe I gave a little bit of background, but maybe if you can just tell us how you decided to kind of focus more on the on the parenting, coaching, stepmom, and and that area of, of the divorce, if you want to after divorce. Yeah. So I've been a natural health practitioner for twenty years now. I've been a a homeopathic practitioner. And my my practice was focused for some years on helping children with behavior issues. So of course, I was dealing with the whole family unit when when you're talking about behavior problems with kids, it's, it's working with the whole family. Mm-hmm. And so it's a it's been a long time passion of mine to, to work more with people who are in the earlier part of their life, because it seems to me that, you know, when you help somebody early in their life, then they get to go through all the rest of their life in a new trajectory with, with support from the beginning. And so I didn't set out to do this kind of coaching work, but okay. I realized at one point that after, well, it was about after about 10 years of being together with my husband, that it felt like we were finally out the end of a very long period of of high challenge in our family with long distance parenting with parental alienation with mm-hmm. you know issues of um, mental illness and medication and you know so many things and then also a period of having kids here full time with us because all three of my husband's kids came to live here with us sort of permanently. Um, and I, I just felt that I had, I had learned so much in that period of time that Mm -hmm. I just thought, I bet I have something that I could share with other people. That's really useful because it seems to me that there are, well, it's really true. There are actually millions of step families in North America and, uh, a very severe divorce rate, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. A very high divorce rate is 62, 67% or something of second marriages with kids. So like two out of three 
families are not making it. And that feels like really urgent <laughs> to me. So I, I don't know, it felt like a good place for me to make a contribution. Yeah, I, th I think looking at, uh, again, your website, listening to some of your podcasts too, and even a discussion we had before, it's um, yeah, once you're done or once you kind of go to the next step after the divorce, I think there's a lot of new challenges that I guess dads, moms, or as parents are not ready. You mentioned about parental alienation and, yeah. and uh, it's something that, you know, once all the problems with the divorce are kind of put aside, now you have to start focusing on your family and like in your case, like you said, you, all of a sudden you get a bunch of extra kids too with you. Yeah. So your family is bigger and I guess there's different type of problems as well and different uh, issues that come up. So what do you think, what have you seen as a common thing, the most common problems that you've seen uh, as far as parents and also step parents with the kids? I think the most common problem that I see is that the expectations are not so clear on both sides. And um, I think sometimes when, when uh, divorced parents come together, you know, with kids on each side, sometimes it, it goes very smoothly because they understand that each one is going to be the parent of their own children and not yeah. try to parent the other children. And that goes very smoothly. But it doesn't work so well when... Um, there's an expectation, let's say that the mom is already at home with her own kids. And so how hard can it be to take care of one or two more kids? <laughs> like she can just do it and mm -hmm. it should be okay, you know, or yeah. that there's um, a new girlfriend or wife who does not have kids of her own. And she is being driven instinctively by a kind of maternal instinct that women have when they get around kids, you know, it, it just fires up by itself. Yes, yes. And it's makes it very, very easy to overstep the role, mm -hmm. overstep what you should be doing. And um, sometimes, let's say that the dad could be very grateful to have help, because it's not so easy. I'm sure you would agree, it's not so easy to oh, no, raise kids by yourself, <laughs> right? So an extra pair of hands, especially if you know the younger the kids are the more you need you need extra hands just another adult mm -hmm. around so it can go from from being help that's appreciated to becoming a kind of expectation that you're just mm -hmm. going to do it because you live there and it's easy to slide into a feeling of ah here we are again a family mm -hmm. and there's just a new a new actress playing the role of mom and wife in my, in my family. And mm -hmm. everybody needs to understand that it's not ever, ever going to be like the old family. It just isn't. It's not, it's not supposed to be, but we don't, mm -hmm. we don't have a good model for how it could look or why is it different or, you know, yeah. And really, it's and I think that's you know that that's the only thing you know too, right? So I, I guess yeah. at least from my side, after you know being divorced, I mean, what I know is what I've gone through, and uh, I guess people try to reproduce what we've done before, and without knowing how to adapt, and it's a different dynamic for sure. It's a very different dynamic. the The problem is that in a first marriage, a husband and wife get together and they have kids. So the mm -hmm. husband and wife were a partnership before the kids come along. Their relationship is like in a timeline, 
it comes chronologically before the arrival of kids. And in a, in a step family, in a blended family, the relationship of the dad and his kids comes before chronologically, comes before the, his relationship with this woman. And that's what um, I think people don't understand when they say, well, you know, your marriage has to come first. Because if the marriage isn't strong, then, then the, you know, this new family is going to fall apart. But mm -hmm. there's something energetically blocking that, which is the fact that, you know, there's a reality here that the, the dad is connected to his children before, before his connection to, um, to his new wife. And so we need different tools. We need to work mm -hmm. with different tools in this kind of family dynamic to make everything work smoothly. You can't just say that the marriage comes first because at some point the kids um, will let you know that that's not okay with them. And in a yeah. second marriage, the kids have the power to drag it down and trash it. And it happens and all the time. That's what the, the two thirds of families that don't stay together, right? Something is, something is happening there that's unexpected. And nobody expects that kids have the, the power to destroy this relationship. Yeah, it's a good point too, because I know I discuss actually on an, in another episode about this. And uh, do you put your kids first, your relationship first? And there was some discussion about saying that at the end of the day, I mean, your kids, obviously your kids, and like you say, you've been with your kids all their life and they're pretty much the most important thing. But at the same time, do you, you know, if your kids don't get along, if there's like conflict with the, the step parent or uh, even with the parents, because I mean, it's kind of their kind of a relationship. That's where it becomes a bit difficult, right? Like you kind of stuck in the middle saying, do I pick the kids? Do I pick yeah. this relationship? So there's, there's always a context, right? And, and I think it's so simplistic to say this comes first or that comes first. Yeah. There's always a context. And I think what I think it's important to know is that we shouldn't be um, feeling that there's some kind of head to head competition of like who comes first, because we're operating on different levels. You know, your, your romantic relationship is not the same as the, as the survival needs of your children, basically. Yeah, sure. And I, I always like to refer to something from the world of psychology called Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs. It's a kind of a mm -hmm. pyramid shape, and it's a really good description of human needs and how they go in a, in a hierarchy kind of ladder. And at the bottom, of course, we have like needs like air and food and water. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of understood. But from the more emotional or psychological-based needs, the foundation one is security and safety. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this is where we feel like our survival is depending on these needs being met. And for children, all of their survival and safety needs are wrapped up with their parents. Kids are not, yep. you know, uh, taking care of their own survival in the world mm -hmm. until maybe age, let's say, what, 15, 16, you could theoretically be taking care of yourself. But before that, It's all about mom and dad. And at the moment that mom and dad are not a unit anymore, that is a unit which is, you know, devoted to the best interests of the kids, mm -hmm. 
they are now separated and they have by and large very different ideas about what's in the best interest of the kids. Yeah. So their safety is always feeling 50% not okay because one parent is always not part of this unit. And so for the let's say the stepmom who's the wife or the girlfriend her needs are on the level of belongingness and love and that's how higher up on the in this pyramid but who the more fundamental needs are the ones that are going to overwhelm the the field you know the mm-hmm. the the dynamic yeah. and if those more fundamental needs aren't being met those people are going to thrash around like people who are drowning or mm-hmm. you know and it doesn't they don't say i'm drowning they act out and they behave badly and they you know do all kinds of things to get attention because any kind of attention is nourishing them in some way that they need very badly yeah so you're not competing on the same level and it should mm-hmm. not be difficult to meet everybody's needs in that way and i also like to remind people that as an adult you know as a grown up you have all of your grown up tools and resources at your disposal to get your needs met and kids have zero tools really they're just at the mercy of their situation that's true so mm-hmm. i think it serves us in the long term you know we're going to have all the rest of your life to spend with these people <laughs> and if it's a few difficult years in the beginning to make sure that their tank of needs is getting filled up yeah. so that they can move forward in with a secure feeling it's definitely worth the investment mm-hmm. so your long range goal of course is for your relationship to be the most important thing because the kids will grow up and move out and then you have all the rest of your years together but you can't behave in a way that the relationship is more important than the needs of the kids while they are still in this phase of needing to have that security Mm-hmm. filled up no, I, I think it makes sense i can i can see it here too and often i would say always but often brings conflict though because again you're kind of stuck in in between and like you talk about yeah about uh about tools and uh as adults you know there's a different way to manage around that i guess but uh it's definitely not easy and we talked about you know being a well being the step parent being the parent with the new relationship as well but also sometimes on top of everything like trying to deal with the new relationship there's also trying to deal with sometimes the other parent uh as well and with the kids so uh so yeah. it comes from everywhere yeah yeah and i <laughs> so. i feel i really feel for the dads you know i really do because mm-hmm. i think a lot of the time they are stuck in between not just in between the the ex-wife and the new wife or girlfriend yeah. which can be terrible all by itself but mm-hmm. even between the new girlfriend and the kids is another place that they feel stuck in between and the it very often happens that the stepmom over time realizes that she has maybe a different style of parenting than her partner and yeah. she doesn't feel satisfied with how he's parenting his kids mm-hmm. And then that's creating a lot of conflict too. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, so I mean, you've seen kind of, I guess you've worked kind of on both sides, I guess, with with mom and dad and stepmom and stepdad. What would be the major difference that you've seen working with 
kind of both sides and and let's say as a dad again i'm talking as a dad because i'm i'm the dad here how different is it and like what they encounter and how they they live through that and type of help that they would need or what have you seen out there well it's kind of interesting because you said moms and dads and stepmoms and stepdads so i mm-hmm. only work with stepmoms and their partner yeah. who is the dads mm-hmm. i don't have any experience with the other kind of dynamic, which is the biological mother and a stepdad. It's a completely different kind of family. Okay. It's okay. completely different. Um, I can't even put it into words. It's a very, very different dynamic, partly because of the, the archetypes that are involved. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, society has, has really put everyone into a kind of a box <laughs> or a, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it. We have That's these archetypes. <laughs> so they, you know, the divorced mom, the single mom is a kind of a saintly person, you know, a, mm-hmm. a kind of a heroine of her yeah. story. And she's working really hard to raise these kids on her own. And, you know, she can hardly do anything wrong. And the the biological dad, is, there's a, the archetype is the deadbeat dad. Mm-hmm. The one who's not paying child support, he ran off probably with another woman. He's not helping her to raise the kids. Like, you know, you've probably felt that, right? Like that it's not expected that you're the one who's raising your kids the way you are actually doing. It's not, it's it's not expected. And, and then you have the stepmom who is thought of as being probably the woman who broke up the relationship of (laughs) mom and dad. You know, even if she met him years later, it's very hard to shake the idea that you are not responsible for the end of that marriage in some way. Yeah, that's true. And also, probably you are secretly uh, trying to send the kids away to boarding school Mm -hmm. (laughs) to get rid of them, you know? Yeah. yeah, Uh, yeah. And then the stepdad is a kind of a hero who comes in to help the saintly single mom. Mm-hmm. To raise, you know, he's stepping up to raise somebody else's kids. Isn't he a great guy? It's a lot of pressure, though. <laughs> it is a lot of pressure, but it's, yeah. mm-hmm. we have those, those archetypes that are real. Yeah. And it doesn't matter what the reality is. You know, there are stepdads who are horrible guys who are, you know, hitting the kids or yeah. whatever it might be. Yeah. But in general, a stepdad is thought of as a helpful person in the situation and a stepmom is not thought about in the same way. It's funny. I, that, that she's somehow helping the dad, this dad to yeah. do his thing. And um, there's another weird thing in our culture now that the, this idea of 50, 50 custody, uh, you know, of sharing custody is something really very new in, mm-hmm. in the history of humanity. It never happened like that before. Yeah. Now, <laughs> you know, about 40 years ago, we started to have the first, family court judgments that were giving dads half of the custody. Mm -hmm. And it's sort of normal now. Like if you don't ask for it, then you're kind of a bad guy. That's true. Like if you don't want it, then it must mean that you're not really interested in raising your kids. But if you get it, Mm -hmm. then how are you supposed to do that with your working schedule? Like how do you figure it out? It's not so easy to have... There's a double standard there too. It's, uh, like you said, right? If if you don't ask for it, exactly, you're the deadbeat. You don't want to take care of your kids. 
And in my case, I mean, if you ask for it or if you have a full custody of your kids, uh, it's the opposite. It's like, but why are they spending time with their mom? And yeah. uh, why, why, you know, yeah. the opposite, there wouldn't be any question if the mom would get 100% of custody. But yeah, when yeah. it gets on the dad side, it, all those questions pop out. And That's and it. If why? dad has 100% of custody, then it probably means that he was an asshole and he, yeah. you know, got a really good lawyer and made it impossible for the mom to have them. Like, it's, yeah. you can't win. That's very true. <laughs> you, it's very true. You kind of can't know. win. So we're, mm -hmm. we're dealing with those. Yeah. So my, I guess my work is all in the household where the, the deadbeat dad and the stepmom who broke up the family are living together, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So that's more the, yeah. Okay. And so it's, I guess it's my case now. Yeah. Uh, I'm the step, yeah. I'm the deadbeat dad, I guess. On yeah. That front. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, so yeah, yeah, I, I I know you start you start and, and that's a feeling I got too. We talked about it a bit before, obviously, as a divorced dad and having your kids with you is you kind of really start from way behind. And, yeah. uh, you have to prove yourself yeah. every day, and there's a lot of. Uh, I mean, we talk about parental alienation. There's a lot of that too from from obviously uh, the mom and even even other people like looking at how. Uh, how you raise your children and what you do with them. And uh, yeah, it's, you have to start from far, far behind to kind of come at least to par with, with yeah. I don't even know if you, we ever get to that point, but yeah, it's a struggle for sure. Well, you have much less latitude for making mistakes, yeah, I think. And mm -hmm. I, what I try to impress on the moms who I work with and the ones who listen to me is that as a dad, you have a right to make mistakes raising your kids mm -hmm. and to figure it out and try again something different the next time, you know? It, like, it's, I, it must be very hard to have someone breathing down your neck while you're trying to figure it out. And I know that my husband doesn't appreciate it at all <laughs> when I'm <laughs> no, breathing. He lets me know, like, butt out, you know? It's, it's, it's very important. I guess, like you said, it's it's a bit normal because how it was before and, and you know, it's kind of been changing on that front. But definitely, I, I feel that breathing down my neck. I mean, the more you go and the more that people around you and even the ex-partner realizes that, you know, the kids are still doing, they're doing well and they're still alive and, yeah. you know, everything's good. It really <laughs> but is. But there's always that. And you're right. that I, I mean, I have to say too on my side, I always kind of feel that. Uh, still walking on eggshells and just be careful what I decide to do about different topics and yeah. different things. And uh, that definitely is, is, is an issue on that front. I have a question for you. I wonder if you can relate to the concept of, you know, what they call guilty dad or guilty parenting, that somehow the, the circumstances of the divorce and living in two homes, that it, it makes you feel less inclined to discipline your kids the way you would otherwise to make make limits or consequences or something do you do you relate to that or that's not a feature that you have to worry about so much no i do uh i mean guilt guilt's been i think there <laughs> even before marriage and even during marriage and but definitely with the divorce i mean there's part of guilt there and obviously you realize that the kids have been through a lot and there's always a guilt even though even if you're the one that left or even if the other person left still kind of that guilt of not having 
you know, done everything maybe or to make it work or maybe you always kind of second guess yourself. So definitely with your kids after that, on my side, you're always a bit more kind of easygoing because, because of that. So a bit of the guilt, but also I think what we said before too about being felt like someone someone's always watching you, right? Yeah. So uh, you'd always try to kind of be, I wouldn't say careful, but kind of uh, weigh like, you know, what you do and you have to be, uh, you know, not too hard on the kid, but not too easy on the kid. So, so it's a, it's a tough line I find on my side to kind of, uh, to kind of have it's yeah, every day, still to this day. I mean, there's different times I have to think twice and it's like, okay, how do I manage this situation? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. yeah because now which, you have to you know, be, you have to be both yeah. the good cop and the bad yeah, cop. That's it. That's it. Exactly. And that's what I was about to say is when you were married, uh, there's always a good cop and bad cop yeah. in there, like you said. And so it's easy, but when you're the single parents, you exactly, you have to kind of think about uh, a bit of the balance of the two and not to go too strong on one side or the other side. Yeah. The other piece of that is that I, in a first marriage where both the parents are the biological parents of these kids, it usually happens that one or the other, one person or the other is more suited by their personality to be the good cop mm-hmm. or the bad cop. Yeah. And that it comes easy to you, you know, to be the one who says no, no, or to say, you know, no telephone for three days or uh-huh. you're grounded or whatever. And that if it's not, if it's not in your nature to be like that, then mm-hmm. you have to develop something in your personality to allow you to take that role because it doesn't come naturally to you. So I think that's where a lot of the families that I work with get into trouble because the the dad is still in the phase of trying to figure it out mm-hmm. and the his partner the stepmom is f- just observing that it's not happening you know that he's not able to he's not following through he, he you get as far as saying you know if you don't do this you're not going to get to have that and then when the yeah. time comes he can't he can't follow through yeah. so it it takes time to develop that and it can be very hard to watch from the from the perspective of the stepmom who feels like oh my gosh his kids are just walking all over him like he's not holding any limits uh, so that's a lot of source of conflict that's true that's true and on top of that like like i mentioned before too there's on that side but there's also the other side too on the mom side as well, that's kind of watching and same thing, right? Yeah. Whatever decision you kind of make, uh, <laughs> uh, they also have something to say on that front. Uh, of course. And it's not just, uh, let's say, criticizing your decisions, but mm-hmm. any kind of boundaries or limits that you're putting on the kids, yeah. it's really easy for the mom to convince the kids that, you know, these limits are unreasonable. And I've spoken to adult uh, stepmoms who are describing what they went through in their own parents got divorced. And one woman said, you know, it was really only when I became a mother that I realized that my mom had been telling me that all this stuff was like outrageous control grabbing, you know, on the part of my dad. And really, it was just pretty normal stuff. Like, you know, you should go to bed by 11 o'clock and you have to do all your homework. And, you know, it was just normal parenting. But Mm -hmm. the mom was convincing her that this was, you know, her dad being a control freak and it was way over the top. And so it just makes it so hard to 
to do normal parenting when somebody at the other side can say, you don't have to listen to that because that's just crazy, you know? Yeah, exactly. Definitely that's something uh, that makes it harder. And, and also that's where I guess also you start at some point, I find kind of start doubting yourself too. And, you know, you see that coming from both sides as well. And it's like, oh, maybe this way is not the right way to do it. So you kind of switch a little bit on the other side and, yeah. But uh, at least I, I know on my side, you kind of realize at the end that we're all adults. We are all very smart people. And I think can uh, make our own decision is to kind of, uh, it's better to kind of go uh, the way you think, I think, and learn and from it than basically kind of being, I don't know, stuck in between if you want and, and trying to do like, let's say the mom says or someone else says. So, yeah, yeah, we agree. It's not an easy. Uh, it's not a, an easy uh, thing. I mean, we talk about the parental alienation too, as well, and and that's that's the other thing that uh, that comes into into play. I find in there too, right? Yeah. The way you do things, but also things that are said on the other side often that you have to deal with too, and and you have the kids that get kind of stuck in between, and it makes it even harder to basically be come up with rules and to follow those rules when you know, you get on the other side and a lot of things are said and, yeah. and, and even the kids start doubting and they kind of push back as well because let's say the mom starts pushing back as well. So, so that's also another, uh, another challenge. It's really big. Um, mm -hmm. I, I have read that as much as 80% of divorced families are experiencing some degree of parental alienation, mm -hmm. whether it's mild or completely extreme where there's no contact at all but it's a big feature of the vast majority of mm -hmm. divorced parents lives yeah and i mean that's really awful of course and often the the very act of trying to raise children together is a huge feature of why people get divorced right it's yeah that's true it's a big part <laughs> of it so you can't expect that it goes better afterwards than it was than mm -hmm. it was before but the the alienation part is really hard and that's where i feel like my main contribution is lying in working in that in that area in the in the specifically mm -hmm. in the area of the parent child relationships when they're being challenged when they're being interfered with by by behaviors manipulative behaviors on the other side i've seen a lot of stories about specifically for that obviously since that's a bit more my focus mm -hmm. but there's a lot of struggle on that front when you get the parental alienation and uh trying to deal with that and sometimes you don't know how right and i know my side uh, my kids are a bit older so i guess the strategy, if you want, or yeah. <laughs> I'll say it's a strategy, but I mean, they're old. And in my mind, I always thought that they will make up their mind and they'll see really how it is. Right. At the end of the day, I, I can do. say whatever I want. Uh, yeah, and they do. And that's what you realize. They're, I always say like, they're smarter than you think. Being even older, it's even, even maybe a bit easier, but they realize what's happening quite quickly. And they realize things that are said and, you know, what's happening there and, and they make up their own mind. And, yeah. uh, and sometimes it backfires too. And that's the other thing too, that you kind of realize. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, it does. It, my, that's my say. experience of, of mm -hmm. interviewing many, many dozens of women. I reached out to the women in my community. I have about a thousand women in my Facebook yeah. group. Uh, so I've reached out to interview women who had this experience as children themselves. So they are now mm -hmm. 
you know, grown up people who lived through the divorce of their parents, and they were alienated by one parent against the other parent. And I've, I've interviewed lots and lots of these women, and they all say the same thing, that they eventually figure it out. And now they have a much better relationship with the parent that they, you know, didn't see the targeted parent. Yeah. And the one who did that alienation, mm-hmm. they have a very difficult relationship with now. So, yes, it can take a very long time to work out, but they do see it in the end. But it's yeah. it's very dramatically hard on the parent to mm-hmm. to live through it. And and I agree with you that dads mostly, we'll talk about dads in this context because they're the ones who I'm working with. It does happen to moms. Mm-hmm. Of course it does. There, I know moms who have been alienated from their kids, but yeah, of course. the the majority of the time it's happening by the mom. Mm-hmm. And I think it feels like you really have to rescue your children from a very bad situation. So it feels desperate and mm-hmm. there are so few tools and the the family court system is not at all set up to deal with this kind of emotional drama the court system is about about business arrangement you know business yeah type of things and it's Mm -hmm. it doesn't handle this kind of problem effectively at all so my my contribution i guess i don't have another way to say it is to look at things outside of the court system that can help to shift the balance and to to build into the relationship of the dad and kids mm-hmm. to build in a kind of immunity to this kind of behavior this interruption the disruption of the relationship yeah. so that it so that it can't happen and it can help to also to put back together a good parent-child relationship after the, um, you know, sometimes let's say the parents go to court and finally, after several years of no contact, the court decides that the kids have to visit the dad. And so now, good, you won your court case, but now you have kids in your house who don't want to be there. Yeah, They're angry at you. They don't want to talk to you. Where do you go now? You know, the court can't help you anymore. Mm-hmm. So there are a lot of tools and you know good strategy for working on the unconscious level to restore this relationship that's been broken because it's well, not a conscious so. thing it's not a it's not a rational problem you know the damage isn't that's done is not done rationally so you can't fix it with rational explanations and words mm-hmm. well that's good to know and i think we talked about it before and Maybe if there's any dads listening and that uh, need help on that front, like I said, when it first happened to me, <laughs> definitely I started looking around uh, a bit of and see if there was anything, any tools out there. And it's difficult. Like you said, you can go to court and it's treated, as you mentioned, as a business, but really how to deal with that and uh, how to be sure that, I wouldn't say that your rights are respected, but at least to be sure that you know, you do everything you can uh, to do the right thing with your kids and, and to prove to everyone that they're safe and everything is going well and there's no need for that. So I think it's a bit hard on the dad to find to find tools on that front. But uh, I know we talked about it before, about some of the tools and uh, with, with the dads that you have on your side. So if anyone is really interested in that and needs some help, uh, I think uh, you have definitely something interesting and 
I would encourage them to uh, to reach out to you as well. Yeah, for sure. You'll have a link for my download, mm -hmm. the, a free guide, I guess you would call it, that I call my program. The, the program that I'm developing is called Restorative Parenting. And it's mm -hmm. really specifically for this situation, for divorced dads who are dealing with kids who have been alienated that you maybe haven't seen for a long time or that you see them continuously, but they're being brainwashed Still. Um, mm -hmm. kind of systematically. And you're, you feel that your, your bond is being eroded or the relationship is being ruined by the actions of the mom on the other side. So restorative parenting is really a, a strategy and a set of tools for putting that back together in a more permanent, solid way. And you'll have a link for a, I have kind of a quick start guide. That's just a little taste of that program, but it's, mm -hmm. it's enough to get you going in the right direction for sure. No, that's great. And uh, I really appreciate that for the podcast, uh, for the episode, I have a page. So there'll be a page for uh, this interview and on there, some information, uh, about uh, you, your work, and the documents there to the links and everything else. So anything that can be helpful, I'll put that on there for sure. So Good. if anybody needs uh, any help or have any questions or anything, definitely uh, I would invite the people to reach out, uh, reach out to you on that front. Yeah, so, they can. Anyone can find me at info at essentialstepmom dot com. And I know it could feel weird Perfect. to be writing to essentialstepmom.com, <laughs> uh, but I might have to change the name of my website or something to make it a little mm -hmm. bit more dad friendly. But like I said, it's my work is all on the side of the divorced dads and their partners and in that household. Yeah. My audience members are the partners of your audience members. That's good. It's a good uh, yeah. <laughs> compliment on that one. So, so definitely. Well, again, I think uh, it was really, really interesting and really informative. Thank you again for joining me and on this episode. I'm sure the dads here learned a lot of things and you'll probably, I'm sure you'll get some feedback from them. So really appreciate you spending some time with us uh, talking about this. Thank you. This, it was a pleasure. I, I enjoyed talking to you. Thank you. And I mean, you mentioned uh, your email address, info at essentialstepmom.com. Uh, uh, .com. Mm -hmm. Is there anywhere else that people could reach you? Or I think you, you have a Facebook group as well. I'm, I'll put all the details anyways. Yeah, sure. but, uh, you also have an Instagram as well. And people can also reach out to me if there's anything at uh, the divorce.diaries at gmail.com. And any question or anything, I mean, I'll be more than happy to forward it to, uh, to you uh, as well. So thank you again for thank your you. time. My pleasure. And I'm sure we'll talk soon again. Yeah. There's so many other topics that we can talk about. Yeah. So I'm sure we'll, we'll do that again. Okay. <laughs> and that's all for this week. As always, if you have any questions, comments, or even suggestions, please don't hesitate to send me an email at thedivorcedaddiaries at gmail.com. And as always, I can be reached uh, on Facebook. I have a Facebook page that you can join and post on there if you want. Uh, the Divorce Dad Diaries. Also have a Twitter account if you prefer. You can reach out to me there or Instagram as well. So please don't hesitate. And also, if you uh, want to be the first ones to be notified for the next episode, you can go on your favorite uh, podcast platform on iTunes, Spotify, uh, pretty much everywhere and you can subscribe to my podcast so that way if you subscribe you'll get a notification for all the next episodes 
Also, if you don't mind spending maybe a minute or two, you can also leave a rating and a comment as well, a review on iTunes uh, or Spotify or again, whichever platform you use, that would be really, really appreciated. So I hope you all have a nice week and also everybody stay safe. And I'll see you all in the next episode. Take care. Bye-bye.